Welcome back to the Pactum Factum podcast, the superpower of everyday negotiation. I'm Lucia Cantor, St. Amour. Negotiation is everywhere, every day. This is the negotiation laboratory where we share insights into basic skills, strategy, history, storytelling, behavioral sciences, and social trends. It's all connected. We are all connected. And everyone can learn how to better negotiate everyday life with keen eyes, hearts, and minds. Thanks for joining us. First things first, I am so tickled by my new intro music, which was legally acquired, of course, and a credit for which appears in the podcast notes, Bizet's Opera Carmen Meets Hip Hop Remix. It's these little things in life that do so delight me. Okay, this podcast will definitely explore some more sophisticated, varied, and even esoteric territory, but this third episode will still focus on nuts and bolts skills of honing the superpower of everyday negotiation, building rapport, plus a homework assignment. You might fatigue of hearing me say it, but repetition is actually an effective learning tool that children self-impose at an early age, so I have reasons for the nuggets I repeat. Negotiation is like a muscle. The more you exercise it, the stronger it will be, and the more you can apply it to varied situations. We live in a culture, at least here in the United States, where people shy from negotiation. When no-haggle car purchasing policies were introduced some years ago, they were warmly received by consumers because of the dread of negotiating. Of course, these policies benefit the car dealership over the consumer, but they package it as a benefit to you. For many, negotiation is awkward and even synonymous with conflict. Some even consider it gauche. Now, I wasn't particularly afflicted with this shyness. I loved haggling at the car dealership. In fact, if I learned that a friend or family member was in the market for a car, I'd say, oh, take me with you. And that's not because I thought I would strike awe in a salesperson. I am not a remarkable presence at 110 pounds, plain brown hair, plain brown eyes. When I walk into a room, people's heart rates don't increase while they think, oh boy, they really brought the big guns today, better bring my A-game. No. Indeed, when I was first starting out as an attorney, I was routinely underestimated. This actually worked out great for me. Everyday negotiation is a superpower, sure, but invisibility is also a pretty nifty superpower. So when I would accompany, say, a senior partner to a meeting with the Longshoremen's Union and there I was at the bargaining table with my baby face, my big, naive brown eyes, and diminutive physical stature. They dismissed me out of hand. In fact, all those guys, all men, just saying, forgot I was even in the room. But I was there. I was listening to everything. Not just what was being said, but what was not being said, and the spaces in between and the nonverbal glances and other cues. Not to mention, I had done my homework and was exceedingly well prepared. Over time, I became less invisible, and I admit, I sort of missed it. The idea that negotiation skills are a specialized superpower possessed by experts, but otherwise to be avoided whenever possible, is, in a word, nonsense. 
even back when I didn't even know what I was doing and seemed like I was consistently in situations punching above my weight class, my preparation, listening, and observation skills alone made me a secret agent. Negotiation happens every day in small, unsexy ways. We tacitly negotiate for the next open parking space at the grocery store. We negotiate with our children countless times per day. We negotiate with our neighbors about fences, dogs, and noise. We negotiate with colleagues and supervisors over assignments, compensation, vacation scheduling. We negotiate with ourselves. If I go for a run before work, I can relax and watch a movie after dinner. So let's make you better and more confident at something that is an everyday experience. Perhaps some of the discomfort we have with negotiation stems from an us-versus-them win-lose paradigm, not to mention a fundamental fear of rejection. What if they say no? Well, my stock answer to that is, most likely you are in no worse position than before you asked. One very effective tool to overcome the us-versus-them apprehension in negotiation is to build rapport with the other party. How do you do this, and why is it important? Here's the how. It means adopting a genuine attitude of curiosity about other people and slowing down. If possible, take some time in advance to learn what you can about that person's background. Even if you know nothing about them, a simple, how did you get involved in landscape architecture, or what brought you to this part of the country, were you raised here, or even the origin of their last name. The key here is that your focus is on them, and letting them know, without so much as saying it, I see you as a human being. Then pay attention to how they respond. Smile. Show an interest. Demonstrate that you heard them with a recap. Wow, coming to California from the Midwest seems like it was quite a culture shock and sounds like you don't miss the weather. And then notice if they reciprocate. Do they show an interest in you? It's okay if they don't, and it's also information to keep in mind. Some quick do's and don'ts on rapport building. Do pay attention and listen. This is very different from waiting quietly for your turn to talk. Have a sense of humor. Look for shared experiences to build upon. Don't bombard them with questions and cause the person to feel interrogated. This has the opposite impact of creating trust. Now for the why. Genuinely connecting with another person satisfies a basic need for people to feel that they belong. In fact, People have a stronger need to belong than they do to be right factually. When you demonstrate curiosity about someone else's life, attitudes, interests, it is a validating and satisfying moment for them, not to mention the dopamine the brain secretes because someone is paying attention to them, much better than the superficial dopamine hit through the pings supplied by social media. Not only does building rapport humanize a negotiation and alleviate some of the defensive posturing, but it also provides a baseline of behavior for that person. That is, in a more or less relaxed state of mind while talking about a topic that is comfortable and easy for them, what is their tone of voice, volume, and vocal pacing? Do they tend to gesture a lot with their hands and body? Do they stop to pause and think? Do they smile? 
Baseline behaviors, when an individual's defenses aren't triggered, provide a basis for comparison later in the negotiation when their words and actions deviate from the baseline. You may not know the meaning of the deviation, and it's very important you don't make assumptions and commit a fellow's error, a term coined by a famous social psychologist in his work in lie detection and microexpression. Stay tuned. We'll get to it. And yes, we will incorporate literature, art, music into this podcast and the everyday superpower of negotiation. So it's time to get excited, people. But I digress. I was going to say that simply noticing a change from baseline may be enough to inform you that it's time to pause and regroup. As humans, we have a basic need to connect. We think we get that through screens, algorithms, and moments experienced through Zoom, FaceTime, Meta, formerly known as Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, but it's an illusion. Minimal effort, knowledge, or preparation are required to advance that extra step to establish more genuine rapport, and you concede nothing by doing so. And now for your homework exercise to get you practicing your everyday superpower. It's a simple haggle for a Craigslist or next door item for sale at the farmer's market or the like. As a first step, take a minute to build some basic rapport with the merchant or the seller, even if just to make eye contact or flash a genuine smile and ask how their day is going. If making an inquiry via email or text, you can accomplish this with some brief and friendly small talk and emoticons are allowed. Show interest in the item with specific comments. I appreciate the craftsmanship of the wood inlay of this dining table. My grandfather used to work with wood. You can ask a strategically loaded, open-ended question such as, how flexible are you on price? And then observe closely how they answer. At that point, you're well on your way. Now, if even this is too daunting, try this instead as a baby step and then graduate to the haggle. The next time you're at checking out of a store, assuming you still go to a brick and mortar store from time to time, ask simply with a friendly smile, are there any other discounts or offers that apply to my purchase today? If the answer is no, you are in no worse position than you started. You are going to buy the stuff anyway, and you certainly haven't lost any face. But you may be pleasantly surprised at how often the answer is yes. There's a hilarious scene in the Monty Python movie, The Life of Brian, that demonstrates the common dread of haggling. Brian is being actively pursued by Roman soldiers at the open marketplace. In an attempt to evade them and buy himself some time, he ducks into a seller's stall, only to learn that the seller expects him to engage in a haggle. As I close out this episode, I will play the audio of the scene, not pirated by me, mind you. It's available on YouTube, and I'll drop a link to the scene on YouTube in the episode notes. Have a listen which will also reward you by revealing why I titled this episode as I did. How much, quick? What? It's for the wife. Oh, uh, 20 shekels. Right. What? There you are. Wait a minute. What? Well, we're, we're supposed to haggle. No, 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 I've got to get... What do you mean, no, no, no? I haven't got time. Well, I've give got... it back then. No, 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 I just paid you. What? Yeah. This bloke won't haggle. Won't haggle? All right, do we have to? Now look, I want 20 for that. 
I just gave it to you. Now, are you telling me that's not worth 20 shekels? No. Look at it. Feel the quality. That's not in your goat. All right, I'll give you 19 then. No, no, no. Come on, do it properly. What? Haggle properly. This isn't worth 19. You just said it was worth 20. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Come on, haggle. All right, I'll give you 10. That's more like it. 10? Are you trying to insult me? Me with a poor dying grandmother? 10? All right, I'll give you 11. Now you're getting it. 11? Did I hear you right? 11? This cost me 12? You want to ruin me? 17? No, 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 no. 17. 18? No, no. You get a 14 now. All right, I'll give you 14. 14? Are you joking? That's what you told me to say. Oh, dear. Oh, tell me what to say, please. Offer me 14. I'll give you 14. He's offering me 14 for this. 15. 17. My last word. I won't take a penny less or strike me dead. 16. Done. Thanks for listening or even partially listening while you multitask, you never know what might stick with you. Keep your ear out for this space because we sure do appreciate your company. I'm Lucia Cantor St. Amour of Pactum Factum, which is Latin for a done deal. You can find me here on Substack and on pactumfactum.com. <laughs>